of faith and of the creed by Augustine of Hippo, seeing that it hath been written and confirmed by most strong authority of apostolic teaching that the just liveth of faith, and that this faith requires of us the duty both of heart and tongue, for the apostle says, With the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It behoveth that we be mindful both of righteousness and of salvation, since of a truth being about to reign hereafter in everlasting righteousness, we cannot be saved from this present evil world, unless also we ourselves, striving for the salvation of our neighbours, make profession likewise with the mouth of the faith which we bear in the heart, and that this faith be not in any part violated in ourselves by the deceitful craftiness of heretics, we must with pious and cautious vigilance provide. However, the Catholic faith in the creed is known to the faithful and committed to memory, with as much brevity of speech as the matter allowed, in order that, to those who have been born again in Christ, commencing and still suckling, not yet strengthened by most diligent and spiritual handling and knowledge of the divine scriptures, there might be put together in few words for their belief what was afterwards in many words to be expounded to them as they should advance and rise unto divine doctrine by the assured firmness of humility and charity. Wherefore, beneath these very few words put together in the creed, the most part of heretics have endeavoured to hide their poisons, whom the divine mercy hath resisted, and yet resists by means of spiritual men, who in respect of the Catholic faith have obtained not only to receive and believe it in these words, but further by the enlightening of the Lord to understand and know it. For it is written, Unless ye shall believe, ye shall not understand. But the handling of the faith avails to the fortifying of the creed, not that itself should be given in place of the creed, to those who are now obtaining the grace of God, to be committed to memory and repeated, but that those things which are contained in the creed it may guard against the lyings in weight of heretics by Catholic authority and by a more fortified defence. For certain have endeavoured to persuade that God the Father is not almighty, not that they have dared to assert this, but in their own traditions are convicted of thus holding and believing, for wherein they assert that there is a nature which God Almighty created not, out of which nature, however, he framed this world, which they grant hath been beautifully set in order, they so deny God to be almighty, as not to believe that he could have created the world unless, for the framing of it, he should make use of another nature, which was already in existence, and which himself had not created. Forsooth, from their carnal use of seeing smiths and house-builders and workmen of all kinds, who, unless they be aided by materials already prepared, are unable to arrive at the effect of their own art. For in this way they understand the framer of the world not to be almighty, if he were unable to frame the world, unless these should aid him after the manner of materials, some nature not framed by him. Or, if they allow that God the framer of the world is almighty, they must of necessity confess that he made of nothing those things which he made. For there cannot exist anything whereof he were not creator, being almighty. Because, although something he made out of something, as man out of clay, yet assuredly he made not out of that which himself had not made, for the earth, whence the clay was, he made out of nothing. And if the very heaven and earth, that is the world and all things which are in it, he made out of some material, as it is written, Thou who hast made the world of matter unseen, or also without form, as certain copies have it, 
in no ways is to be believed that that very matter out of which the world was made although without form although unseen in whatsoever manner it existed could have existed of itself as if co-eternal and coeval with god but its manner whatever it was which it had so as in whatsoever manner to exist and to be capable of receiving the forms of things distinct it had not save from the almighty god by whose goodness exists not only whatsoever thing is formed but also whatsoever is formable for between the formed and the formable there is this difference that the formed hath already received form but the formable is capable of receiving it but he who on things bestows form himself also bestows the power of receiving form seeing that of him and in him is of all things the most kindly kind unchangeable and therefore himself is one who to each thing assigns not only that it be beautiful but also that it be capable of beauty wherefore most rightly do we believe that god hath made all things out of nothing because even although the world have been made of some material that very same material hath been made out of nothing so that by the most ordered gift of god there should take place first a capacity of receiving forms and afterwards all things whatsoever have been formed should be formed but this we have said that no one may imagine that the sentences of the divine scriptures are opposed one to another seeing that it is written both that god created all things out of nothing and that the world was made out of matter without form believing therefore in god the father almighty we ought to think that there is no creature which was not created by the almighty and because he created all things by the word which word is called also the truth and the power and the wisdom of god and under many other names is he suggested who is commended to our faith jesus christ the lord our redeemer that is the ruler the son of god and for that word by whom all things were made could none other beget save he who by him made all things we believe also in jesus christ the son of god the only begotten that is the only son of the father our lord of which word notwithstanding we ought to conceive not as of our own words which being put forth by the voice and mouth strike upon the air and pass away nor exist any longer than they sound for that word abideth unchangeably for of this very word it was said when it was said of wisdom in herself abiding she maketh all things new but therefore was he called the word of the father because by him the father is made known as therefore by our words this is our purpose when we speak the truth that our own mind may become known to him who hears us and that whatsoever we bear in secret in our heart may by means of signs of this sort be brought forth for another to understand so that wisdom which god the father begat seeing that by it there is made known unto worthy minds the most hidden father is most suitably called his word but there is a very great interval between our mind and our words by which we endeavour to make known this our mind that is we do not beget audible words but make them and the body is the subject matter for making them but there is a very great difference between mind and body but god when he begat the word begat that which himself is nor yet out of nothing nor out of any matter already made and created but out of himself that which himself is for this we also endeavour in speaking if we diligently consider the aim of our will not when we lie but when we speak the truth for what other thing do we attempt than to carry our very mind if practicable into the mind of the hearer 
that he may know and see it thoroughly, that we may indeed ourselves remain within ourselves and not depart from ourselves, and yet may put forth such a sign as that there be produced in the other a knowledge of us, so that, so far as the power is granted, there be put forth in the mind, as it were, another mind whereby to declare itself. This we do, endeavouring both by words and by the very sound of the voice, by the countenance, and by the gesture of the body, that is to say, by so many contrivances desiring to show that which is within, because we are unable to put forth some such thing, and therefore the mind of him who speaks cannot become entirely known. Whence also there is a place open for lies. But God the Father, who both willed and was able to declare himself most truly to minds about to know him, this begat in order to declare himself, which himself is who begat, who also is called his power and wisdom, because by him he wrought and set in order all things, of whom therefore it is said, it reacheth from one end even unto the other end in its strength, and setteth all things in order in its sweetness. Wherefore the only begotten Son of God was neither made by the Father, because, as the evangelist says, all things were made by him, nor begotten in time, seeing that God, being ever eternally wise, hath with himself his ever eternal wisdom, nor unequal to the Father, that is, in anything less, because also the Apostle says, who, being set in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Wherefore, by this Catholic faith, both they are excluded who say that the same who is the Father is the Son, because both this word could not be with God, save only with God the Father, and he who is alone is equal to none. They also are excluded who say that the Son is a creature, although not such as are the rest of creatures. For how great soever they may say that a creature is, if it is a creature it hath been created and made. For gondere, to build, is the same as creare, to create, although in the usage of the Latin tongue creare is sometimes said, where the proper word is gignere, to beget. But the Greeks make a distinction, for we call creatura what they call ktisma or ktisis, and when we wish to speak without any ambiguity we say not creare but condere, to build. If therefore the sun be a creature, how great soever it be, it hath been made. But we believe in him by whom all things were made, not in him by whom all other things were made. For neither in this place can we understand all in any other sense than whatsoever things have been made. But since the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, the same wisdom which was begotten of God deigned also to be created among men. And to this applies the saying, The Lord created me in the beginning of his ways. For the beginning of his ways is the head of the church, which is Christ, clothed in human nature, by whom should be given unto us an example of life, that is, a certain way whereby we might attain unto God. For, save by humility, we were unable to return, who fell by pride, as was said unto our first creation, Taste, and ye shall be as gods. An example, therefore, of this humility, that is, of the way whereby it was necessary that we should return, our restorer hath deigned to show us in himself, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, yet emptied himself, receiving the form of a servant, that he might be created a man in the beginning of his ways, the word by whom all things were created. Wherefore, according to this, that he is the only begotten, he hath not brethren. According to this, however, that he is the first begotten, he hath deigned to call brethren, all who after and through his firstbornship are born again unto the grace of God through the adoption of sons, as the apostolic teaching instructs us. 
the son by nature therefore of the very substance of the father was he the only one begotten being that which the father is god of god light of light but we are not by nature the light but are enlightened by that light that we may be able to shine with wisdom for that was it is said the true light which enlighteneth every man coming into the world we add therefore to our faith of things eternal the temporal dispensation also of our lord which he deigned to bear and minister for our salvation for according to this that he is the only begotten son of god it cannot be said he was and he shall be but only he is because that which hath been now is not and that which shall be is not as yet he therefore is unchangeable without respect of times and variation nor do i think that it is to be ascribed to any other source than he suggested unto his servant moses such as his name for when he inquired of him in case the people to whom he was being sent should despise him by whom he should say that he was sent he received an answer of him saying i am that i am afterwards he added these things shalt thou say unto the children of israel he that is hath sent me unto you from which i trust that it is by this time clear to spiritual minds that no nature can exist contrary to god for if he is and this word can properly be spoken of god only for that which truly is abideth unchangeably seeing that that which is not changed hath been something which now it is not and will be something which as yet it is not therefore hath god nothing contrary to himself for if it were asked of us what is contrary to white we should answer black if it were asked what is contrary to hot we should answer cold if it were asked what is contrary to quick we should answer slow and all such like things but when it is asked what is contrary to that which is it is rightly answered that which is not but since as i have said through a temporal dispensation in order to our salvation and restoration through the operation of the goodness of god by that unchangeable wisdom of god our changeable nature was assumed we add the belief in temporal things done for us in order to our health believing in that son of god who is born by the holy ghost of the virgin mary for by the gift of god that is by the holy spirit there was granted unto us so great humiliation of so great a god as that he deigned to assume the entire man in the womb of the virgin his mother's body undefiled in dwelling in undefiled leaving which temporal dispensation in many ways the heretics lay weight against but if one shall hold the catholic faith so as to believe that the entire man was assumed by the word of god that is body soul spirit he is sufficiently fortified against them forasmuch as seeing that the assumption was made for our salvation one must take heed lest by believing that some part of us pertains not unto that assumption it pertains not unto salvation and whereas man except the form of his limbs which hath been assigned different to different kinds of living beings is not separate from the cattle save by a reasonable spirit which also is called mind how is the faith sound wherein it is believed that the wisdom of god assumed that of ours which we have in common with the cattle but did not assume that which is enlightened by the light of wisdom and which is peculiar to man but they also are to be abhorred who deny that our lord jesus christ had a mother mary upon earth whereas that dispensation hath honoured either sex the male and the female and hath showed that it pertained unto god's care not only that sex which he assumed but that also by means of which he assumed it by bearing man's nature by being born of a woman 
nor are we compelled to deny the mother of christ by that saying of his woman what have i to do with thee not yet is mine hour come but he admonishes us rather that we may understand that according to that he was god he had no mother the character of which majesty he was about to display by turning water into wine but in that he was crucified according to that he was man was he crucified and that was the hour which was not yet come when it was said what have i to do with thee not yet is mine hour come that is the hour in which i shall acknowledge thee for then being crucified as man he knew his human mother and most humanely entrusted her to his best beloved disciple nor let that move us that when the word was brought to him of his mother and his brethren he answered who is my mother or who my brethren etc but let it rather teach us that our ministry whereby we minister the word of god to our brethren when parents hinder they ought not to be known by us for if each one shall therefore think that he had no mother upon earth because he said who is my mother he must of necessity be compelled to deny also that the apostles had fathers upon earth seeing that he gave them charge saying call ye not any your father upon earth for one is your father who is in heaven nor let it take away in us from that faith the thought of the woman's womb as that it should therefore be necessary to reject such a conception of our lord because base-minded men think it base because most truly does the apostle declare both that the foolishness of god is wiser than man and that to the pure all things are pure therefore they who thus think ought to consider that the rays of this sun which at least they praise not as a creature of god but adore as god is everywhere poured abroad through foul smells of sewers and whatsoever things are horrible and in these works according to its nature and yet becomes not thence vile by any contamination although the visible light be naturally more allied to visible filth how much less therefore could the word of god which is neither corporeal nor visible be polluted out of a female body where it assumed human flesh together with soul and spirit by the intervention of which the majesty of the word dwells more retired and separate from the frailty of a human body whence it is clear that in no way could the word of god be spotted by a human body whereby not even the very human soul is spotted for not when it rules and quickens the body but when it lusts after its mortal goods the soul is spotted of the body but if they wished to avoid the spots of the soul they would dread rather these lies and blasphemies but it was little that our lord for us humbled himself in being born there was added that he deigned also to die for mortal men for he humbled himself being made subject even unto death and that the death of the cross lest any of us although he should be able not to fear death might yet shrink from some kind of death which men judge most ignominious therefore we believe in him who under pontius pilate was crucified and buried for it was necessary that the name of the judge be added and that the times might be known but when that burial is believed in there is made a calling to mind of the new tomb whereby to him about to rise again unto newness of life witness should be borne as unto him about to be born by the virgin's womb for as in that sepulchre no other dead body was buried neither before nor after so in that womb neither before nor after was anything mortal conceived we believe also that he on the third day rose again from the dead the first begotten unto brethren about to follow after him whom he called unto the adoption of sons of god whom he deigned to make co-partners and co-heirs with himself 
we believe that he ascended into heaven, which place of blessedness he promised unto us also, saying, They shall be as angels in the heavens, in that city which is the mother of us all, Jerusalem eternal in the heavens. But it is wont to offend certain either impious heathen or heretics, that we believe that an earthly body was taken up into heaven. But the heathen, for the most part, are anxious to treat with us with the arguments of the philosophers, so as to assert that nothing earthly can be in heaven. For our scriptures they know not, nor understand in what way it was said, It is sown an animal body, it arises a spiritual body. For it was not said as if body were changed into spirit and became spirit, because now also our body, which is called animal, hath not been turned into soul and made soul. But by a spiritual body that is understood which hath been so subjected unto the spirit, as that it is suited to a heavenly habitation, all frailty and earthly stain having been changed and turned into heavenly purity and steadfastness. This is the change of which again the Apostle says, We shall all rise again, but we shall not all be changed. Which change, the same Apostle teaches, is made not for the worse, but for the better, in that he says, And we shall be changed. Where, however, in what manner the body of the Lord is in heaven, it were most over-curious and superfluous to inquire, only we must believe that he is in heaven. For it belongs not to our frailty to discuss the secrets of the heavens, but it belongs to our faith to entertain high and honourable thoughts concerning the dignity of the Lord's body. We believe also that he sitteth at the right hand of the Father. Yet must we not therefore suppose that God the Father is enclosed, as it were, within a human form, so that when we think of him there suggests itself to our mind a right or left side? Neither the very fact that the Father is said to sit must we think that that is done with bended knees, lest we fall into that blasphemy wherein the Apostle curses them who changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the likeness of corruptible man. For such a likeness unto God it is impious for a Christian to place in a temple, much more is it impious to place it in the heart, where truly is the temple of God, if it be cleansed from earthly lust and error. Wherefore we must understand that at the right hand is used in this sense, in the highest blessedness, where is righteousness and peace and joy, as the kids are set at the left hand, that is, in misery, by reason of unrighteousness, labours and torments. Wherefore, that God is said to sit, signifies not a position of the limbs, but a judicial power, of which that majesty is never void, in assigning to men their deserts, although in the last judgment much more manifestly among men will be hereafter the undoubted brightness of the only begotten Son of God, the judge of the quick and of the dead. We believe also that he will come thence, at the most fitting time, and that he will judge the quick and the dead. Whether by those names are meant the just and the sinners, or whether those whom at that time he shall find before death upon the earth are called the quick, and those the dead who at his coming shall rise again. This temporal dispensation is not simply as that generation according to that he is God, but also hath been and shall be. For our Lord hath been upon earth, and now is in heaven, and shall be in his brightness the judge of the quick and of the dead. For he shall so come, as he hath ascended, according to the authority which is contained in the Acts of the Apostles. According to this temporal dispensation, then, he speaks in the Apocalypse wherein it is written, Thus saith he who is, and who was, and who is to come. Thus then, having been set in order and commended to faith, both the divine generation of our Lord and his human dispensation, there is added unto our confession, 
in order to perfect the faith which we have concerning god the holy ghost not of an inferior nature to the father and the son but so to say consubstantial and co-eternal inasmuch as that trinity is one god not so that the father be the same person who is also the son and the holy ghost but that the father be the father and the son be the son and the holy ghost be the holy ghost and this trinity one god as it is written here o israel the lord your god is one god yet if it be demanded of us concerning each separately and it be said unto us is the father god we will answer he is god if it be asked whether the son be god this too we will answer nor if there shall be such a question put concerning the holy ghost ought we to answer that he is any other thing than god earnestly taking heed against so understanding it in the sense in which it is said of men ye are gods for they are not by nature gods whosoever have been made and created of the father through the son by the gift of the holy ghost for it is the very trinity which is signified when the apostle says since of him and in him and through him are all things although therefore when it be demanded of us concerning each severally we answer that he concerning whom the question is put is god whether the father or the son or the holy ghost yet should not any one think that three gods are worshipped by us nor is it wonderful that these things are said concerning an ineffable nature when even in those very things which we see with the eyes of the body and judge of by the sense of the body some such thing happens for when as being asked concerning the fountain we cannot say that it is itself the river nor being asked concerning the river can we call it the fountain and again the draught which is of the fountain or river we can neither call the river nor the fountain yet in this trinity we use the name water and when the question is put concerning such we answer of each water for if i ask whether it be water in the fountain it is answered water and if we ask whether it be water in the river there is no other answer made and in that draught no other answer will be possible and yet we call them not three waters but one certainly good heed must be taken that no one so think of the ineffable substance of that majesty as of that visible and corporeal fountain or river or draught for in these the water which is now in the fountain goeth forth into the river and abides not in itself and when it passes from the river or from the fountain into the draught it abides not there whence it is taken therefore it may be that the same water belongs at one time to the term fountain at another to the term river at another to the term draught whereas in that trinity we said that it cannot be that the father at one time is the son at another the holy ghost as in a tree the root is nothing else than the root nor the trunk anything else than the trunk nor can we call the boughs anything else than the boughs for what is called root that cannot be called trunk or boughs nor can that wood which pertains to the root by any passage be at one time in the root at another in the trunk at another in the branches that rule of the name remaining that the root is wood and the trunk wood and the boughs wood and yet that they are not called three woods but one wood or if these have some dissimilitude so that they may not be absurdly called three woods by reason of difference in solidity yet that other at any rate all allow if from out one fountain three cups be filled that they may be called three cups but cannot be called three waters but altogether one water although when asked concerning each several cup you answer that in any of them is water although there in this case take place no passage such as we were just now speaking of from the fountain into the river 
for these instances in bodies have been given not by reason of their likeness to that divine nature but because of the unity even in things visible that it might be understood to be possible that some three things not singly but also altogether may have one single name and that no one wonder or think it absurd that we call the father god the son god the holy ghost god and yet that we worship not three gods in that trinity but one god and one substance and concerning indeed the father and the son learned and spiritual men have treated in many books wherein as far as men could unto men they have endeavoured to suggest both in what manner the father and the son were not one person but one substance and what severally the father was and what the son the one the begetter the other begotten one not of the son the other of the father the one the beginning of the other whence also he is called the head of christ although christ also is the beginning but not of the father but this the image of the other although in no wise unlike and altogether without any difference equal these things are treated of more largely by those who not so briefly as we wish to unfold the profession of the whole christian faith therefore in so far forth as he is the son he received of the father that he is whereas he received not this of the son and in so far forth as through unspeakable mercy by a dispensation in time he assumed manhood that is to say a creature subject to change in order that it may be changed for the better many things concerning him in the scriptures are found so said as that the impious minds of heretics wishing to teach before they understand have been by them led into error so as to think him not equal to the father nor of the same substance such as are these since the father is greater than i and the head of the woman is the man the head of the man is christ and the head of christ is god and then shall he himself be subject unto him who made all things subject unto him and i go unto the father and your father my god and your god and some other of this sort all which have had place not to signify inequality of nature and substance that those other be not false i and the father are one and he that hath seen me hath seen my father and the word was god for he was not made seeing that all things were made by him and he thought it not robbery to be equal with god and all other such but these have had place partly by reason of that ministration of manhood which he took upon himself whereby it is said he emptied himself not that that wisdom was changed seeing that it is altogether unchangeable but because in so humble a guise he willed to be made known unto men partly therefore by reason of this ministration were the things thus written which the heretics falsely charge partly for this reason because the son owes to the father that he is this also assuredly owing to the father that he is equal and alike to the same father but the father oweth to no one whatsoever he is but concerning the holy ghost it hath not yet been so fully and carefully discussed by learned and great expounders of the divine scriptures as that there may easily be understood his propriety also by which propriety it comes to pass that we can call him neither the son nor the father but only the holy ghost saving only that they proclaim him to be the gift of god that we may believe that god giveth not a gift inferior to himself this however they observe that they proclaim not the holy ghost to be begotten as the son of the father for christ is the only son nor of the son as if a grandson of the supreme father nor yet that he is indebted not to any for that which he is but to the father of whom are all things that we establish not two beginnings without a beginning which is most false and most absurd and not proper to the catholic faith but to the error of certain heretics yet certain have ventured to believe the very communion of the father and the son and so to say the godhead 
which the Greeks call Theotes, to be the Holy Ghost, that, seeing that the Father is God and the Son God, the very Godhead whereby they are joined one to another, the one by begetting the Son, the other by cohering to the Father, may be made equal to him by whom he was begotten, this Godhead before, which also they would have understood to be the mutual love and charity of the two, one toward the other, they say has been called the Holy Ghost, and by many proofs of the Scriptures they support this their opinion, whether it be by that which is said, since the love of God hath been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost who hath been given us, or whether by other many such testimonies, and by the very fact that by the Holy Ghost we are reconciled unto God, whence also, when he is called the gift of God, they will have that it is sufficiently shown that the Holy Ghost is the love of God, for we are not reconciled unto him save only by love, whereby also we are called sons, not now under fear as servants, because love perfected casteth out fear, and we have received the spirit of liberty wherein we cry, Abba, Father, and because, having been reconciled and called back into friendship by love, we shall be able to understand all the secret things of God. Therefore it is said of the Holy Ghost, He shall lead you into all truth. Therefore also that confidence in preaching the truth wherewith the apostles were filled at His coming is rightly assigned unto love, because also distrust is ascribed unto fear, which the perfecting of love shutteth out. Therefore also it is called the gift of God, because that which each man knows he enjoys not, unless he also love it. But to enjoy the wisdom of God is nothing else than to cling to it with affection, nor does any one abide in that which he perceives, except by affection, and therefore he is called Spiritus Sanctus, since all things whatsoever are sanctioned, are sanctioned in order to abiding, nor is there any doubt that the term Sanctitas is used from Sanctio. But especially do they who maintain this opinion make use of that witness, where it is written, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit, seeing that God is a spirit. For herein he speaketh of our regeneration, which is not according to Adam of the flesh, but according to Christ of the Holy Spirit. Wherefore, if mention is made of the Holy Spirit in this place, when it is said, seeing that God is a spirit, they say that it is to be observed that it is not said, seeing that the Spirit is God, but seeing that God is a Spirit, so that the very Godhead of the Father and of the Son is in this place called God, which is the Holy Ghost. To this is added another witness, in that John the Apostle says, seeing that God is love. For here also he says not, love is God, but God is love, that the very Godhead may be understood to be love. And whereas in that enumeration of things connected one with another, where it is said, All things are yours, and ye are Christ's, and Christ is God's, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of the man is Christ, and the head of Christ is God. No mention is made of the Holy Ghost. This, they say, falls under the rule that the very connection is not usually numbered among those things which are connected one with another. Therefore, they who read with more attention seem to recognize the very Trinity in that place also, where it is said, For of him and through him and in him are all things. Of him, who oweth to no one his being, through him, as through a mediator, in him, as in him who holdeth together, that is, unites and joins. This opinion is opposed by them who judge that that communion, which we call either Godhead or love or charity, is not a substance, but they require that the Holy Spirit be set forth to them according to that he is substance, and 
understand not that it could not otherwise have been said god is love unless love were a substance that is they are guided by experience of things corporeal since if two bodies be joined one to another so as that they be set near one another the very joining is not a body since when those bodies which had been joined are separated it is no more and yet it is not understood to have as it were departed and passed away as those bodies themselves but let such as these make pure their heart as far as they can that they may be able to see that there is not anything such in the substance of god as if in it substance were one thing and that which is accident to substance were another thing and not substance but whatever can be in it conceived of is substance but these things may easily be said and believed but seen how they are in themselves they altogether cannot be save by the pure heart wherefore whether that opinion is true or whether it be anything else the faith must be held unshaken that we call the father god the son god and the holy ghost god nor yet three gods but that trinity one god nor yet different of nature but of the same substance nor yet so that the father at one time be the son at another time be the holy ghost but the father ever the father the son ever the son and the holy ghost ever the holy ghost nor rashly concerning things unseen affirm we anything as knowing but as believing since seen they cannot be save by the cleansed heart and he who sees them in this life in part as has been said and in a riddle cannot affect that he also to whom he speaks shall see them if he be hindered by impurities of heart but blessed are they of a clean heart for they shall see god this is our faith concerning god our creator and renewer but since love is commanded us not only towards god when it is said thou shalt love the lord thy god with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind but also towards our neighbour for thou shalt love saith he thy neighbour as thyself again since that faith if it contain not a congregation and society of men wherein brotherly love may work is less fruitful we believe also in the holy church meaning thereby assuredly the catholic for both heretics and schismatics call their congregations churches but heretics by holding false notions concerning god violate the very faith and schismatics on the other hand by unrighteous rendings asunder break away from brotherly love although they believe the same things as ourselves wherefore neither heretics pertain unto the catholic church which loves god nor schismatics since it loves its neighbour and therefore easily pardons the sins of its neighbour because it prays that itself may obtain pardon from him who hath reconciled us unto himself blotting out all things past and calling us unto a new life unto the perfection of which life until we attain we cannot be without sins yet it concerns us of what kind they be nor must we only treat of the difference between sins but must altogether believe that in no way can the sins which we commit be forgiven us if we ourselves shall be inexorable to forgive sins therefore we believe also in the remission of sins and since there are three things whereof man consists spirit soul and body which again are called two because often the soul is named together with the spirit for a certain reasonable part of the same which beasts are without is called the spirit that which is chief in us is the spirit next the life whereby we are joined unto the body is called the soul finally the body itself since it is visible is that which is in us is last but all this creature groaneth and is in travail until now yet hath the spirit given its first fruits in that it hath believed in god and is now of a good will this spirit 
is also called the mind, of which the apostle says, With the mind I serve the law of God, who also in another place saith, God is my witness, whom I serve in my spirit. But the soul, when it yet seeks after fleshly goods, is called the flesh, for a certain part of it resists the spirit, not by nature, but by custom of sins. Whence it is said, With the mind I serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Which custom hath been changed into nature, according to our mortal generation, by the sin of the first man. And therefore it is written, And we sometime were by nature children of wrath, that is, of vengeance, whereby it hath been brought to pass that we serve the law of sin. But the nature of the soul is then perfected when it is subdued unto its own spirit, and when it follows the spirit, the spirit following God. Therefore the carnal man perceiveth not the things which belong unto the spirit of God. But not so speedily is the soul subdued unto the spirit unto good works, as the spirit unto God unto true faith and good will, but at times its natural impulse is more slowly checked, whereby it falls away unto things carnal and temporal. But since it also is cleansed, being established in its own nature through the rule of the Spirit, which is its head, unto which its head, Christ is a head, we must not despair of the restoration of the body also unto its proper nature, but certainly not so speedily as the soul, just as the soul not so speedily as the Spirit, but in a fit season at the last trumpet, when the dead shall rise again uncorrupted, and we shall be changed. And therefore we believe also in the resurrection of the flesh, not only because the soul is restored, which now by reason of fleshly affections is called flesh, but this visible flesh also, which is by nature flesh, whose name the soul hath received, not by reason of its nature, but of its fleshly affections. Therefore this visible flesh, which is properly called so, we must without doubting believe that it will rise again. For the Apostle Paul seems to point out this itself, as if with the finger when he says, it behoveth that this corruptible put on incorruption. For when he says this, he as it were points his finger towards it, but that which is visible may be pointed at by the finger, since the soul also might have been called corruptible, for itself is corrupted by moral vices. And when we read, and that this mortal put on immortality, the same visible flesh is meant, because at it from time to time there is, as it were, a finger pointed. For the soul too, as it is called corruptible by reason of moral vices, so may it also be called mortal. That is, it is the death of the soul to fall away from God, which its first sin in paradise is contained in the sacred writings. Therefore the body will rise again according to the Christian faith which cannot deceive, which, if it seems to anyone incredible, he regards what the flesh now is, but considers not what it will be, because in that time of angelic change it will be no longer flesh and blood, but only body. For the apostle, speaking of the flesh, says, The flesh of cattle is one, the flesh of birds another, of fishes another, of creeping things another, and there are bodies celestial and bodies terrestrial. For he says not, and flesh celestial, but he says, both celestial and terrestrial bodies. For all flesh is also body, but all body is not also flesh. First, in those things terrestrial, since wood is body but not flesh, but to man or cattle there belongs both body and flesh, but in things celestial no flesh, but bodies simple and bright, which the apostle calls spiritual, but some call ethereal. And therefore that which he says, flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God, contradicts not the resurrection of the flesh, but declares what that will one day be which is now flesh and blood. Into which sort of nature whosoever believes not that this flesh can be changed, 
he must be led step by step unto the faith for if you demand of him whether earth can be changed into water by reason of the nearness it seems not to him to be incredible again if you demand whether water can be changed into air he answers that neither is this absurd for they are near one another and if the question be asked concerning air whether it can be changed into an ethereal that is celestial body already the very nearness persuades what therefore he allows may be done by these steps that earth be changed into ethereal body why does he not believe that when there is added thereto the will of god whereby a human body was able to walk upon the waters it may be done most speedily as it is said in the twinkling of an eye without any such steps just as generally smoke is changed into flame with wonderful quickness for our flesh is certainly of earth but philosophers by whose arguments most frequently the resurrection of the flesh is opposed in that they assert that there cannot exist any terrestrial body in heaven allow that any body whatever may be turned and changed into all bodies after that this resurrection of the body shall have taken place being set free from the condition of time we shall enjoy thoroughly eternal life with love ineffable and steadfastness without corruption for then that shall take place which is written death is swallowed up in victory where is o death thy sting where is o death thy strife this is the faith which in the creed is given unto christian novices in few words to hold which few words are known to the faithful that by believing they may be made subject unto god having been made subject may live rightly by living rightly may cleanse their heart with a cleansed heart may understand what they believe end of of faith and of the creed by augustine of hippo if you enjoyed this recording please support our channel by subscribing liking and sharing our content we would also be happy to receive any comments or feedback below.